Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Stephanie Strafty will join us to discuss the perfect predator. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. spouse or loved one was battling a life-threatening illness and that there was no way to cure it, what would you do? Well, joining us today to discuss her story is Dr. Stephanie Strathy. Dr. Strathy is an infectious disease epidemiologist and associate dean of global health sciences and professor and Harold Simon Chair at the University of California San Diego School of Medicine. She also directs the new UC San Diego Center for Innovative Phage Application and Therapeutics and is an adjunct professor at Johns Hopkins and Simon Fraser University. She's author of the new book, The Perfect Predator, A Scientist's Race to Save Her Husband from a Delhi Superbug, which recounts her and her husband's story fighting off an antibiotic-resistant superbug. And Dr. Strathy, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, this is really a fascinating story in which you recount uh, an incident that occurred with you and your husband. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about it. Well, my husband and I were on vacation giving, and he seemed And uh, the situation, as I understood, progressed. His condition worsened, deteriorated, and you eventually found out that this was an antibiotic-resistant superbug. Absolutely. What happened was that his gallstones had blocked his bile duct and caused a giant abscess to form in his abdomen. And it wasn't until we were medevaced home that we realized that there was a superbug growing in there that was resistant to all antibiotics. This must have been very distressing. I mean, here you have uh, the classic line of treatment's not going to be effective. Uh, how did you deal with this? And why was it that this therapy had fallen out of favor or was no longer being used? Well, there's a bunch of reasons, really. Um, first of all, penicillin came on the scene around the time of World War II, and it was a miracle drug. In fact, it really was for a time, and phages were considered finicky to match the bacterial isolate. And so um, another reason, though, was that the discoverer of bacteria phage, Philippe Durrell, was kind of an egotistical guy who 
intended to people on. We don't want to pick off Nobel laureates who will marginalize you. So that was another reason. But then finally, the um, Soviet Union took up face therapy very vigorously. There was a real geopolitical bias in the left that if you were a proponent of face therapy, you were labeled a physical consequence. So how does this therapy work, and what's the idea behind it? Well, in 1917, Felice Durrell had actually used face therapy to successfully treat um, children with dysentery, and it had been used for quite some time. And it has been used in Poland and in the Republic of Georgia ever since. But in the West, as we just said, it fell out of favor. But what you really need to do if you're going to find these stages is you have to find a match or the perfect predator, as it will, to send basically a miniature King Kong after a miniature Godzilla repair at a miniature level. And so I had to enlist the help of total strangers, stage researchers from all over the world, who agreed to step up to the plate and save the life of the stranger. So had the uh, therapy advanced enough through uh, these other researchers that you were able to find a, a therapeutic approach and treat your husband effectively? Yes. One of the innovations, though, in my husband's case is that we injected phage into his bloodstream because he was fully colonized with his superbug. It was felt that if we just you know, sprinkled the phage on his skin or put it in the tubes of his abdomen, that it would be restricted and that would allow the bacteria a chance to become resistant against the phage much more quickly. So by injecting the phage into his bloodstream, obviously we're taking this risk of him acquiring septic shock and dying. But we had no recourse. He was on the brink of death and going to die within a couple of hours. Did anyone expect this kind of result to come about through this therapy, or was it just one of those miraculous shots that wound up working spectacularly? Well, one of the doctors described it as a Hail Mary pass at the end of the fourth quarter where the quarterback blindfolded. So I don't know that many people thought it was going to work, but Dr. Chip knew over the face therapy protocol and myself. We believed that it was our only hope and we were thrilled with the results. Mm -hmm. We cut off the pillow three days after we injected face in the bloodstream. Recognized his daughter and sister can't. So your husband, while he was in a coma, as many people who were in a coma do, they, they had hallucinations, but afterwards he was really able to recall many of the hallucinations that he had very vividly. That's one of the most exciting parts of the book as far as I'm concerned. He dictated his hallucinations and he remembers them vividly, which is certainly very unusual. Um, they're remarkable. Some of them are like terrible. Um, some of them feel like a Faustian, you know, nightmare. But he was trying to make sense of the world that he was in, and he was delusional from the bacterial toxins and some of the medications and the painkillers. But he also had ICU psychosis when you're in the hospital where you get a time to track a day and night. But he actually could hear us most of the time just in a very twisted way. So do the neurologists have any insights into how this occurred? or maybe a little bit about what this tells us about what goes on in the brain during a coma? Well, they're pretty interested in his stories, that's for sure. And I think one of the messages that Tom likes to tell doctors now is that because someone's in a coma, they're not a little threat. They can, mm. And it really is um, kind of changing the way that people are approaching patients. All right, well, it looks like you're now directing some research into this area, and do you think that this is now going to be an area which is going to receive renewed attention and a new avenue for attacking these kinds of superbugs? Well, I our chancellor gave us funding uh, to start the first dedicated phase therapy center in North America called IPAP. And we treated several other patients, many of them intravenously, also consulted on international cases. And when I say we here, I mean I'm one of a team full of researchers, but I'm not a physician. So we have licensed medical doctors who are infectious disease specialists who have now had um, a lot of experience treating these cases. And we're starting to see a sea change with the infectious disease 
community um, that they realize that they're out of ammunition when it comes to these technical infections. All right. Well, we are running slightly out of time. I'm just curious if maybe you have some final words regarding this uh, phage therapy and your new memoir, The Perfect Predator. Yes. Well, I mean, the next slide um, really is to take these kids with the advent of gene therapy and gene editing. We are now seeing the potential to edit or to improve upon nature's own phages to potentially have genetically modified phages. So that's the future. And the story is found in our book, The Perfect Predator, and I all right, we were just talking with Dr. Stephanie Strathy. She's the author of The Perfect Predator, A Scientist's Race to Save Her Husband from a Deadly Superbug. And Dr. Strathy, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.grox.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.